Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. Our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. And tonight I'm excited to welcome back a guest that we've had before, Jordan Clapp. So welcome, Jordan. It's good to have you again. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jordan, and then we're going to ask her to tell you a little bit about herself, and we're going to hop into our topic tonight. And we're going to talk tonight about adjusting to newborn needs while still meeting your own. And for all of us who work with parents with newborns, obviously this is a topic near and dear to our hearts because we want our parents to thrive just as much as we want those babies to thrive. So let me tell you about Jordan. Jordan is a certified integrative nutrition and holistic health coach who focuses primarily in the areas of women's health, hormones, thyroid, and autoimmune concerns. Her mission is to help women feel and function their best without giving up their lives. Of course, we want that for our clients also. And as a busy mom herself, she knows the challenges that exist when attempting to juggle your own needs and health amidst the demands of mom life, household needs, career responsibilities, and more. And I think almost all of us are dealing with that these days. Jordan is committed to helping her clients find sustainable strategies for long-term wellness by meeting them where they're at and helping them get to where they want to be. So Jordan, I'm so excited to have you back. I would love if you could share with our audience, maybe something exciting going on in your life or your work these days. Well, uh, on the topic of adjusting to newborn life, we are welcoming our second little one uh, any day now, really. Um, And so that's a very exciting time. That's a very exciting thing. But again, as a busy mom, as someone who's been down this road before, I have a three-year-old son, um, to do this all over again and to introduce, you know, a baby brother instead of just the one, um, really kind of, this is a very timely topic for me to, to be speaking with you about and recognizing that this season of life, that fourth trimester and those adjustments, uh, require some grace and they require some strategy to navigate them in a way that helps mom, that helps dad, that helps brothers or sisters or whatever that might be, whoever's involved in baby's life to still thrive despite some of the disruption that naturally comes along with bringing a new one into the world. So uh, this is very exciting for me to be sharing with you at this time. Yeah, no, it's always wonderful when we hear about new babies, but it certainly is timely with our topic today for sure. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about this because even whether it's a first baby, a second baby, a third or more for some families, adjusting to a newborn, no matter what your life or family circumstances, there's always an adjustment period. There's always changes that we need to make. And sometimes not everything goes either as we planned or as we would like it to go. 
or if people are trying to help, sometimes that doesn't always go well either. So let's talk a little bit about maybe getting some help after babies are born and kind of what that can look like. Absolutely. So I love what you said about the plan doesn't always go according to plan. And that is something that whether we're talking about newborn life, whether we're talking about nutrition or meal planning or whatever that might be, I am a big fan of the phrase. And I say it often, you need a plan, but the plan isn't written in stone. You got to be flexible. You got to be willing to deviate and adapt as that unfolds. And you recognize what's actually needed in the moment. And with a new baby coming into the world, um, you know, you've heard the saying a million times, it takes a village and it truly does. And newborn care solutions provides so many resources and so many, um, you know, doulas and, and postpartum and, and all these things to help, uh, parents adapt and help them get the support and, and structure that they need. But it also is something that is sometimes for certain people hard to navigate. What help is actually helpful? How do I get people helping me with the things that I actually need help with? Not just the things they anticipate or suspect I need <laughs> help with. And so, you know, after a baby is born, all the attention tends to be on babe, you know, everybody they're cute. They're snuggly. They're adorable. Of course, everybody wants to admire them, but mom's a human too. And so is dad. And so are siblings. And all of us humans have needs, needs to be fed, needs to rest. And, you know, Lord have mercy. Mom has just gone through a major undertaking physically to bring that baby into the world. And she has healing to do, right? So getting the right kind of help is so, so, so important. And um, it's not going to look the same for everybody. And that's okay. So that's something I always uh, try to encourage people to remember, whether you're, you know, a parent, whether you're a support person and so on, what at the end of the day matters is that the help a mom or a dad or somebody, you know, with a new little one is feeling and experiencing is help. That's actually helpful to them. It's not necessarily what we have a preconceived notion of is going to be helpful, but what actually helps them thrive and feel and function as well as they can in that moment. Yeah. I love that you brought that up on um, that. What works for them. Um, having spent a fair amount of bed rest with my second child, one of the things that I discovered about myself during that time frame was having clean kitchen counters. Mm, yes, well, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> one of like the most helpful things there was because it helped my mental health and helped me Absolutely. calm down and relax. Um, and a lot of times we think, oh, practical stuff like, oh, make a meal. Mm -hmm. Well, I was perfectly happy with a sandwich, right? But I wasn't happy if my counters were dirty and at bed rest on the sofa, I was right at eye level with my kitchen counters. Um, and it made me nuts. I love that you share that because I, that is me even before children, Mm -hmm. physical clutter for me is mental clutter for me. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I have a very large kitchen Island (laughs) that if it is sparkling and the centerpiece is beautiful, it can change my entire mood. Now I'm also human. And I also am willing to say, you know, that is not the top priority thing in my life at certain phases of my life, but gosh, darn it. If somebody will wipe down that Island for me, it is like, you hear me, you see me, you care. And it took you two seconds to do it for me. So thank you. (laughs) So I love that you share that because I'm very much the same way. Right. And it's amazing how good something so simple can make you feel. And we sometimes underestimate the importance of just that feeling good Absolutely. around that. So Absolutely. 
if somebody says, okay, great. Well, how do I tell people what I need without offending them? I've got people here helping me. How do I tell them that and then not get mad? Yeah. So this is one that I think varies oftentimes based on personality. So it sounds as though you and I have a very similar personality in we're just going to straight up say it like, Hey, can you please handle this for me? Cause it would make me feel a whole lot better. But for a lot of people that even just the, the nerve to work up, to say that might be anxiety inducing. It might be stress inducing. It might be like, no, I just, I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be pushy. I don't, you know, they're here to see the baby. It's fine. It can wait. But at the end of the day, I really encourage um, parents to take a step back and say, what do I need? right now to help me feel even 1% better about getting through the rest of my day or the rest of my week or whatever that is, because those actions have power and they can build momentum. So sometimes, like you said, it's that one little thing, like wiping off the counter that can really create that ripple effect of, oh gosh, I feel so much lighter. I feel so much less stressed and it can create space for your brain to focus on other things that are higher priority. And in the case of, you know, mom having just birthed the baby, there are certain tasks that only mom can fulfill, or there are certain tasks that mom maybe physically can't do herself. She can't lift certain things, you know, over a certain weight or so forth. So you're going to have to delegate and you're going to have to communicate with people. So I always tell people that, you know, not all help is helpful and that is okay. (laughs) It is okay to redirect someone or to give them better guidance. And this is a big one. I think not just for new parents, but in general as humans is the more comfortable we get with expressing our needs and doing so in just a polite, Hey, do you mind helping me with this? Or I could really use your support in this area. Life just gets simpler when we have that kind of support. And so whether this is between you and your partner telling your partner, Hey, I really need this from you, or could you please handle this for me? Whether it's well-intended friends, whether it's family members, caretakers, um, postpartum support, whatever that is, sometimes it's easy to get swept up in the needs of baby, but at the end of the day, you have needs too. (laughs) And so being able to communicate that maybe it's household needs, maybe it's pet needs, maybe it's your own nutritional needs, whatever that is sometimes communicating it directly, but kindly goes a long way. So a few examples I like to share with people in that regard are, you know, maybe it's to my partner. I'm saying, Hey, I'm really needing a shower and would love 20 to 30 minutes to myself after I finish feeding the baby. So I'm going to need you to step in and take over so that I can take care of me. It reiterates the fact that, Hey, I need X, Y, and Z, you know, these three physical tangible things, but in order for me to accomplish that, here's what I need from you. And it's not just, I need a shower and nobody cares about my needs and here's the baby and don't bother me for 30 minutes. You know, it's, it's expressing yourself in a way that somebody, hopefully the people that are around you would be able to go, Oh gosh, of course I'm going to step in and help in that way because you've told me exactly what you need for me. Um, other ways that that can kind of present is while I am X, could you please Y? And so in my world that sometimes looks like, Hey, while I'm nursing, could you prep lunch? Hey, while I'm taking this much needed nap, could you please handle the dishes for me? That would mean a lot. You know, while I'm rocking the baby, could you maybe take the dog for a walk? Our pets deserve attention too. And sometimes they hit the back 
burner when we recently brought a little one into the world. So whatever that is, whether it's starting a load of laundry, whether it's hey, on your way over to visit today, could you pick up my grocery order that's ready for pickup? It's already bagged. It's already ready to go at Target or wherever. Could you swing through there and grab that and bring those over with you? Could you bring lunch with you when you come to visit? Whatever that is, it's going to help you get you know one more hour, two more hours through your day. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. That's great. I tell, um, so our students, obviously our students provide postpartum support, um, for families, but we tell them one of the ways it's great to navigate family and guests who are coming over is to make a written list so that the new parent doesn't have to be the bad guy and tell families, you know what? I love that you guys are coming over to visit and see the new baby. We have a list of things that are super helpful for new parents. And if you could just pick one off that list and get it done before you ask to hold the baby, that would be amazing. Absolutely. I love that. I'm, I'm a big list maker. I get a lot of gratification out of crossing things off my own to-do list. And so when you're in that recovery stage and you're in that, I'm very needed at all moments of the day, and you're not able to go cross the things off the list yourself. delegating those things to someone that, you know, can do it and get it done and take care of it for you. And you don't have to stress a list is genius. I love that. Yeah. It works really well. A lot of times, and it takes the pressure off the new parents, not having to be the bad guys. Even if there's not postpartum support in the house, in terms of someone like one of our students, it still is. There's a list. There's things that need to get done. And it's the list's fault rather than the parent's fault. And sometimes as a new parent, you have so many things you're trying to keep track of in your brain that when somebody says, what can I do to help? You're like, uh, uh, I don't know. And if you already have a list preemptively written down, it's very easy to say, um, I'm not sure what's gotten done yet. Could you check the list? And then it just makes it so much easier for everybody to be on the same page. Absolutely. I love that. So you're, you, we put, we always ask our guests to give us a list of things that we can talk about during this. I want you to explain to me, life won't always be fair and why that's okay. <laughs> This one is one of those, again, somewhat touchy topics. So uh, before I go to life is not fair, I'm going to kind of back up to about enlisting the right help and that not all help is the same level of helpful. I think of it as a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? There are some people who are going to walk into your home who they know you, they know how you function. They, they know how you feel about your kitchen countertops without even being told. And they're simply just going to look around and leap into action. Those people are phenomenal. There's people who are going to come over who are willing to help and willing to do things, but they don't want to, uh, they don't want to step on your toes or they don't want to seem, you know, that they're taking over. And so they just need a little more encouragement or direction. And then there's other people who they're really only there to snuggle a baby and they're probably not really interested in doing much (laughs) else in terms of housework or laundry or whatever else may need done. And so knowing who you're having in your space after bringing a new one home and how to effectively direct them, how to have those conversations, how to get what you need from them again, without being the bad guy, without being bossy is so important. And so if you're If you're needing, some of us are fortunate enough to have an abundance of people volunteering to come help others of us, maybe you're having to ask for help and enlist help. And if you're having to enlist help, I really encourage people to take a step back and say, you know, who are the people that are going to ease your burden? Who are the people who are going to lower your stress levels? 
Who are the people who are going to jump right in and do whatever needs done with zero judgment and zero care in the world? Those are the people you want to enlist. So for your students, you know, when they are the external support, when they are that enlisted help, those are maybe conversations or, or questions that they can ask of the parents. Hey, who in your world is going to help lower your stress? Who in your world is going to jump right in? Who in your world makes you feel at ease? That can sometimes make a mom feel heard and supported because she's like, oh, they get it. <laughs> they get that. I, it's not just about, you know, me physically tending to the baby. And so it's also okay in that regard to decline help from certain people. Some people are really eager, like, oh my gosh, we can't wait to come visit. We'd love to come see you and celebrate the baby. But those people might be raising your stress levels. Those people might feel overwhelming, or they might feel like you're needing to entertain them, or God forbid, they're expecting you to serve them food for lunch (laughs) while they're there visiting. If that's the case, boundaries are important. So sometimes having that not so fun talk about how to redirect that energy or how to maybe do both, have them there, but also not, um, derail you too much mentally, physically, emotionally, or otherwise is, is really important. So sometimes I'll tell people, you know, uh, a way to kind of navigate that is to say, Hey, we greatly appreciate the offer. We're still trying to kind of figure out, um, things over here. We're still kind of trying to settle in this week feels daunting. Is it okay if I get back to you next week? And you can postpone a visit with somebody if you need to, um, other people, you might be able to say, Hey, I I'm willing to have this person here but I don't want them to stay for eight straight hours. I need some kind of parameters around this going into it. So saying, Hey, thanks so much for your offer. Could you maybe bring lunch over on Wednesday and plan to stay from about 11 to one? That would be wonderful for us. So you're already kind of putting a parameter in place. You're setting the tone for what their time with you might look like. Um, And that's where life isn't always fair. There's going to sometimes be, a time where the help that you really need is more hours with one person in your life. Maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your sister-in-law, whoever's that person that eases your stress and, and really helps you out. You might find yourself needing to call on them more than somebody else in your world, friends or family wise. And it's not always going to be a direct split. You're not always going to be able to keep it fair tally of, oh, I spent six hours this week with this person. And then I asked this person for six hours. It's not always going to break down like that. And that's okay. Um, Again, it's about at the end of the day, doing what's best for mom and baby and the new immediate little family that is, that is forming and trying to bond. But it goes back to kind of, again, being selective with your help and knowing what can I give of myself or where can I ask for help and how do I manage that help in a way that's actually helpful, but it's not always going to be fair who gets to be there first or second or next day, or it's not always going to be an alternative, you know, arrangement that that always maps out fair and equal. Yeah. And for those who want more information around this, Jordan actually wrote a blog for us um, that's up on our website. That's all about setting clear boundaries, um, but in a very polite way. Um, with people who are coming over and so that they respect our boundaries. So there's a lot more information there. So you should check that out. Um, I don't want to get too far off and and go into the depth of what's in that because of time things. But when we're talking about this, we're talking about boundaries, we're talking about being fair. We talked a little bit in the beginning about, you know, having those counters wiped off or whatever. 
and how that's great. But sometimes we have to look at things and say, look, not everything can get done. Sometimes we have to prioritize things. How do we determine what is that top priority? And how do those of us who are a little bit um, uptight about those kind of things and try to be nice to myself, um, (laughs) how do we we adapt so that we manage our own emotions in that? So how do we assess it? How do we adapt? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of planning ahead. So in general, I tell anyone that I'm working with and those final stages of pregnancy and they're anticipating baby's arrival to start thinking about it a little bit in advance of like, Hey, life's going to change when we bring this baby home and not everything is going to be able to be a level 10 priority because that's just not how the world works. Um, what things are you willing to compromise on? What things should you outsource? What things can you simplify? What things are going to need to take a back seat so that you and baby can be priority number one. And one of the theories are kind of, um, ways that I speak about that, that usually resonates with people is about juggling. So the theory of juggling, right? We all know how juggling works. The juggler has to keep multiple items in the air at any one time and not let them drop. Right. So some of the items in the air as a new parent are going to be those delicate, valuable, irreplaceable Fabergé egg, if you will, (laughs) items in life. Uh, others, others are bouncy balls. If you let one of those drop, it's going to come right back and you're going to get a second chance at it. Right. And so I always tell people when it feels like there's too much to juggle, when it feels like there's too much going on and there's no way you could do it all without losing every ounce of sanity you have left, that's time to step back and it's time to take inventory and determine which things are those high priority, irreplaceable, valuable Fabergé eggs and which things if dropped will bounce back and we'll recover and we can get to that later down the road. And so saying that everything is a Fabergé egg is impossible. You're setting yourself up for frustration. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for feeling completely deflated by the experience that you're having. Whereas stepping back and saying, you know what, these are the top, maybe two or three high priority items. And the other things, it's not that they don't matter, but what can I do with them? Do I need to table them for another day? Do I need to delegate them to someone else? Do I need to lower my expectations just a smidge and work around that? So, you know, for me, you mentioned the countertops. For me, it's the dishes. If the dishes are piling up, drives me crazy. So in those early stages of newborn life, especially when there's lots of people in and out who might be bringing meals or cooking for us, great, fine. But if the dishes are all piling up and I'm left with dishes by the time everybody leaves, that doesn't help me. That's just one more thing on my plate, right? So how do I, how do I navigate that? Either I say, Hey, when we're all finished eating, would you mind handling the dishes while I put the baby down for a nap? That's one way or heck it's okay to enlist some paper plates and some plastic wear for a season of life. I'm not like every day about that. I I like the sustainability. I like the eco-friendly. I like using real dishware, but there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes we have to like decide what's most important and how do I navigate that in a way that, that is effective for not just my own sanity, but keeping other things on track, those other Fabergé eggs in focus. It's okay. If somebody else handles the dishes or we use paper plates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my things is towels. So I fold my towels a very certain way. 
But you know what? I had to learn a long time ago to let go. And if somebody else was folding my towels, I just focused on gratefulness that they were actually cleaning. (laughs) I didn't worry if they matched my standard. And so I absolutely get it. Um, And those are great examples. One of those things that I would say falls into the Fabergé egg category, so to speak, to use your example, is self-care. Making sure that you're taking care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. Absolutely. I love that. I love that saying. I know it gets said a lot, but it gets said a lot because it's true. (laughs) It gets said a lot because we need that reminder as humans. Uh We need to hear it often to keep it in focus. And when it comes to self-care, I always remind people that my ideal form of self-care, what makes me feel and function my best might not do anything for you. And that's okay. You need to pick self-care that feels good to you. You need to pick the things. And again, we may not be able to fit all the self-care activities under the sun into that first month of newborn life, but pick the things that are going to put wind back in your sails, pick the things that are going to give you that. I can do this. I can get through today. I can get through tomorrow, whatever that is, pick those things and prioritize those things. So especially in that fourth trimester as everybody's adjusting, everybody's healing, everybody's sleep deprived, everybody's, you know, just trying to get through what time is it, you know, um, really again, stepping back, assessing and communicating your needs is so, so important. So whether that is that 20 minutes after your shower, Hey, I need a shower and I need 20 minutes to myself and I will feel like a brand new human. If that works for you, great. If you are, you know, an avid runner. And you're like, I know I can't go run five miles right now, but I really need to just get out of the house and go for a walk with my headphones and peace and quiet for me, by all means, like you got to enlist the people that you can, or heck take baby in the stroller or baby wear, whatever feels good to you to balance those needs. Um, if you need help, if you're feeling burnout, if you're feeling like you're on the back burner, sorry about that. Um, it's important to, speak up, whether that is basic needs, whether that is something more severe or concerning like postpartum anxiety or depression. If you need external support, don't be afraid to ask for it. So making sure that, you know, self-care doesn't look the same for everyone, whether it's reading a book, whether it's getting your nails done, whether it's getting a massage, sometimes self-care is just simply taking your coffee out on your patio and drinking it while it's still hot and somebody else is holding an occupying baby for 10 minutes so that you can have that, that little sliver of, of adulthood to yourself, do the things that feel good to you and, and that you feel up to. If you're not ready to leave baby, that's okay. If you are saying, I got to get out of here and I got to be by myself for a little bit, that's okay too. So it's all about, again, checking in with yourself and being true to you and what's going on. Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up because so many times I talk to parents who feel guilty because they want to go for a walk or they want to get out of the house just for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, just to have a little bit of time to themselves. And I tell them it's absolutely okay to do that. And you need to honor you in order for this to be successful for everybody. Um, That is so such a big deal. So let's talk. We've only got just a few minutes left here. Let's talk about making this successful, making this newborn stage really feel like 
it works um, because so many times you mentioned early on, we're good at checking on the baby, but we're not so good at taking care of and checking on the parents. So let's talk about making this work. Yeah. Um, one of the most helpful things for me when I was a first time mom was somebody said to me, you know, how are you doing? And it was like, nobody else has asked that all week, you know? And it is, is, is humans. We're all like, Oh, they're so cute. Let me pay attention. Oh yeah. And you, how are you doing? It's usually an afterthought, but you know, from an outsider perspective, whether you are extended family, whether you are a caretaker, whether you are, um, you know, a professional support person in, in the world of a newborn to just check and ask that question can sometimes mean the world to a new parent. And so I really encourage people to just remember that our words matter and to, to ask that one simple question can again, make mom feel like a whole new person. You know, it can breathe wind back into her sails when she feels like nobody's cared about me all week, you know? And so you can really quickly turn her mood around by realizing that, you know, she deserves to be asked too. Um, from the mom perspective, you know, if you're again, communicating needs and, and recognizing, Hey, I want to set myself up for success either before babies arrived or in that first week, you're like, Holy cow, this is hard. And I need to figure out my plan here and get some, some baselines, um, tips for, you know, making certain needs or tasks simpler and giving yourself grace, goodness gracious, (laughs) giving yourself grace is a big one. Like you said, lowering your standards about how the towels are folded and just appreciating that they're clean, you know, kind of a thing. Sometimes that's, that's where it's at. Other times it's okay for your house to look like you live there. That's, that's a big one, you know, for somebody like myself, somebody sounds like you who, who likes our house in a certain order. It's also okay to be like, Hey, this is a phase of life. This is a season and a stage. It's not always going to look like this. And you know what? Later this afternoon, or maybe the next day, I've got so-and-so coming over and they are going to whip this place back into shape. And I'm going to appreciate the heck out of them for it. But for, for right now, for this minute, it's okay to look like we live here. (laughs) That's, that's a big one. I think, um, it's also okay to say no to certain requests of your time or energy that simply don't align with your needs at this season or this moment. Um, whether that's some, you know, you're, you're typically very active at church or, you know, volunteer work or, um, helping with your, your nieces or your nephews or whatever. It's okay to say, Hey, thank you so much for including me in this opportunity, but I'm just not, I'm not able to do that right now. It doesn't fit my needs. It's okay to politely decline certain things. Um, it's okay. If you do need structure, if you do need a system, if you do need that list and you say, Hey, these are my three (laughs) non-negotiables by the time everybody leaves this evening, I need somebody to help me with these three things because otherwise I can't function mentally or, or otherwise I need this done. That's okay. Put a system in place, delegate, keep your sanity intact. Um, those are all important. So When it comes to simplifying, I always say outsource where possible. So again, whether that's enlisting professional help to clean your house or to take care of your lawn or whatever that is, whether it is, um, professional, you know, nanny support, whether it is, um, sleep consulting or somebody to help overnights or so forth. Um, especially if you have a medically fragile child, if you need to enlist professional medical support for, you know, a newborn that's okay. You don't have to be superwoman. You don't have to have it all together. It sometimes does take a village and it's okay to ask for that help as needed. Other things you can do to help simplify 
either in advance or asking for the help of family members right after baby's born freezer meals can be really helpful. Just having something stocked on hand that you can pull out and, and thaw and make for dinner that night with very little thought or actual effort can be helpful. Meal delivery services can be helpful. Um, one of my best friends sent, uh, a subscription box to our house that was like already pre-made meals. Um, and they were delivered, I think like every Tuesday for the first couple of weeks of, of newborn life. And that was such a blessing because it was one less thing for me to think about. Um, things like utilizing your dishwasher. It sounds so silly. We all use our dishwasher, but if somebody every evening can load that dishwasher for you and then run it, so that it's done. And then the next person coming in the next morning, you can say, Hey, could you unload the clean dishes? It's simple. It's doing the work for you. Same with your crock pot or your instant pot. If you have a robot vacuum, that was something we were gifted, uh, when we were expecting our first and to be able to set that sucker on a timer and know that if nothing else got done that day, at least the dog hair was swept up off my floor, made a big difference in my Mm -hmm. mental health and my ability to just be like, okay, we're good. We got this, you know? So sometimes it's just, it's taking inventory over what matters to you, what things are going to have the most impact for you. What can you delegate? What is only able to be done by you and how to, again, juggle those things all together. Absolutely. So many great tips there. And I hate that we're running out of time, but we are at that point. So if you could share with our audience, just Here's the big takeaway from this conversation. Share that with us. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway here is you matter just as much as baby and just as much as you did before that baby came into the world. And so although it's new and it's difficult to navigate and nobody's perfect at it, we all make our fair share of mistakes as parents saying, hey, I have needs and I need support and I can't get lost in this process and and lose my identity or, or whatnot is really important to just be willing to be humble and say, Hey, I'm kind of struggling. I need some help in these areas. Um, enlist that help. If you need it, uh, also decline help. If you're like, no, really, I feel better when I'm, it's just us. That's okay too. So ultimately I think the bottom line is check in with you, stay true to you and don't be afraid to speak up for help when you need it. Wonderful. So many great tips. Thank you for joining us tonight, Jordan. It's been a pleasure to have you on and I'm really grateful for you sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And thank you to our audience for joining us tonight. If you have any questions around this topic, please put them in the feed and tag Jordan or tag Newborn Care Solutions and we'll make sure you get answers. And you can catch this and all of our past episodes along with accessing our other educational content by popping over to newborncaresolutions.com and clicking on the education tab. And as always, all of our Real Talk episodes are up on our YouTube channel. You simply put Real Talk Newborn Care Solutions into the search engine and they all come up. Thank you for joining us and have a fantastic night. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sakowitz.